Today's guest, Dirk Fuchs, Director of Programs and Services at ICAR. Collision shops, they don't even have the space of doing those calibrations. So what happens right now, it's they're subletting this business to an outside vendor. And that's the, the tricky part right now. How long a collision repair shop can say, okay, 60, 70% of my business I sublet out and I paint, for example, um, make the paint job and put a new bumper on it. So that's the reason they have to learn this. They have to create a space to make the right business decision for them. Then the, the market, the business model in those shops has to change. When not, they will not survive. Tech Talk, the automotive aftermarket podcast. Hi and welcome to the next episode of our Tech Talk aftermarket podcast. Today we are talking about the collision and repair industry in North America. Dirk is outlining the whole ICAR program to us. How they provide education to technicians with a strong focus on ADAS and EV technology, how the collision repair process in the US compares to Europe and why independent garages play a way more important role over there. How the ICAR training and certification program works in detail, the missing regulation regarding workshops in the US what role insurance companies play for the North American repair industry and how EVs and advanced driving systems will shape the market in the future. Dirk is super knowledgeable regarding the collision and repair industry with also a strong background from planning and conducting trainings for a parts manufacturer in his previous life. He's really passionate about educating the market and has a strong focus on future topics and how the collision and repair market must adapt to stay on top of their business. So without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. Hi and welcome to our next Tech Talk live from Apex and we have a new exciting guest. It's Dirk Fuchs. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Christian. Thank you for coming and could you give a little introduction mm -hmm. to our audience about who you are and mm -hmm. what are you doing with iCar? Yeah, my name is Dirk um, and I'm the Director of Programs and Services at iCar. So iCar is, has their space in the collision repair industry. So what we do is we credential and give education to technicians. So I have a team of Yeah, right now, a few instructors, they are focusing currently on ADAS and EV technology. So what we want to do is to enable that call at the industry, the technicians, that they are staying safe when they're working on those new cars. When it comes to ADAS, it's really important that calibrations can get performed right for the ultimate benefit of the consumer, that there is no accidents and those functions work after and repair of an accident, for example. So we just opened a new training facility in Chicago. It's a really um, a research and training facility that we learn more and more about those technologies. So that's the idea behind it, training and research. So that's that's what I'm doing. I have another team. It's our RTS team. RTS stands for Repairable Technical Support. So in the collision space, when a technician has a question and that. I don't know what that repair procedure means. Yep. I don't understand it. Um, then they ask us. We have a hotline, what is called Ask ICAR, and my team takes those questions in, research for them, help them to understand. And when we don't understand it, we ask the manufacturer. So I'm in the cool spot between the industry, technicians, and supporting manufacturers, what they need to know, how, how we train people, and sharing information. So that's that's my life here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, that's really exciting. And uh, do you 
do you team up with manufacturers or mm -hmm. service centers or are you just your own entity and service centers are calling you when they, when they have an issue? Mm -hmm. So, good question. Christian, you have to... I give you an example about the German market. So I'm German, lived 38 years of my life in Germany, grew up in that environment. Yes. And now the German market is easy to understand because it's a very strict yeah. market, it's a strict right. process. Yeah, here it's not so much regulations <laughs> yeah, yeah, in place. Know. We can talk about that a little bit later as well. Uh, but when you have an accident in Germany, usually, let's say you have a Volkswagen Passat and yeah. you bring it to your dealership. And the dealership has their collision repair space included and the Volkswagen in this case knows exactly uh, that dealership I'm from the Würzburg area the Volkswagen dealership in Würzburg has five technicians on the collision side they are educated on that and that way yeah. and they have that tools here in the United States 98% of repairs get conducted by the independent aftermarket so the dealership have traditionally no collision space so now we have all those collision repair network repair shops. So iCar's mission is to make sure that exactly those shops have the right information and the right knowledge and the right tools to repair them. So iCar created a credentialing system, what is called Gold Class. So when you want to be part of the Ford Collision Repair Network, you have to be iCar Gold Class. So to become iCar Gold Class, your technicians have to be have to hold held in status what is called platinum. So that's the the, the terminology. The names. Welcome to the US. Yeah, welcome to <laughs> the US. That's how it works. I understand. So, and right now we have four roles identified. That's a non-structural technician, a structural technician, an estimator, and then we finisher. So we. When you want to be gold class, you have to have on those four roles your technicians trained up to the highest standard. And then you can say, oh, I'm doing Ford, I'm doing Chrysler, I'm doing BMW, Volkswagen, whatever. And then you can participate in their collision repair network. So, but then Volkswagen, for example, wants to know, do you guys have the right tools to repair our vehicles? So that's a little bit what iCar is doing. It's a non-for-profit organization who really serves the collision repair industry. So, and that's a little bit a different model than we, what we are used to, to, to Europe or Germany especially. So yeah. basically, I can I can subscribe to your service, and then you are doing these trainings. You are doing them on site, or mm -hmm. how how does this work? So that's a good question. So when we have a new shop, and the new shop said, "I want to mm -hmm. go get to gold class," yeah, that I have a chance to participate in any of those collision repair networks. Then we say, okay, there's two possibilities. You start on the bottom and you go online. First is online training courses, mm -hmm. go through them and build up your pro level. Pro level three is the highest level and then you are credentialed as a platinum technician. Yep. It takes a long time. And then there is welding courses that have to go through and go to live training events. So to speed that process up, what we're offering is an in-house shop, uh, shop assessment. So we send an assessor in the shop and yep. the assessor says, okay, there is Christian. Christian has 20 years of experience in the collision repair industry. He's doing this and this and this. So this guy is clearly a knowledgeable technician. And we want to recognize this. We don't want that he starts at the basic level of, of education and we want to see where he is, what he knows where we have to 
start his educational path, and that's the the assessors going in. So that's a little bit what ICAR is doing, and um, we created now two more roles. One is the ADAS technician, and the other one is the electric vehicle technician role. So there, those four roles, what I've explained before, there are required roles. Those two new roles is right now an optional role. Technician can say, I want to learn, I want to have here the highest education, what is yep. possible. So I go through this. So um, it will be possibly a required role in a few years when more and more electric vehicles coming into the market and technicians have to be yes, ready. Yes, definitely. I think you have you, you, you have a great business or a, a a great future ahead with the ongoing electrification because there's new types of vehicles, new types of parts, new types of, of uh, repairs. So there's there's a huge field to work on for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's big, and you know, right now we're working when it comes to electric vehicle on the technician safety. So we want to give them the knowledge and experience that they're working safe. So the training course we developed is actually developed under the European regulation. It's called ECER 100. So I'm the German guy, German educated yeah. here. And the problem here is there is no regulation. You know, in Germany, you want to open your collision or yes. service workshop. You know, you have to have your apprenticeship program then. Yep. You have to have a master degree on yeah. as a technician. Yeah, here, go tomorrow, open yeah, your shop, open no your problem. So, um, and when it comes to regulation, yeah, yes and no. I'm, I'm a little also free spirit, and maybe that's the reason why I live now here in the United States. But on the other side, and regulation like ECER 100 helps really to define what technicians have to know, what how they test systems, what are the values they're using, and this is great. And I implemented it here, and in the conversations with the manufacturers, especially with the Europeans. They love it. They say, oh my God, you built a training in our standard. This is what we need. So you have to think Volkswagen, BMW and all those guys. The reality right now is they are happy when they have the capacity in this country to train their dealership techs. Mm -hmm. Collision repair network, they, have, they, don't, they don't have the capacity in their no. training facility, so they need help. And so I want to be the partner in it. I want to be, I'm, I'm the partner of those manufacturers with the education on their collision repair tech, network technicians. No, definitely. But are you, are you then also in a competition with the parts manufacturers? Because at least uh, in Europe, mm -hmm. parts manufacturers do a lot of training as value added service to their, to their workshops. So that's a good question again. Um, the service side, is driven in this country when it comes to training and education really strongly by by the parts companies. Yeah. You know, you know those nappers, world packs and all those yeah. guys they have a lot of footprint here and they have their own training institute and educate. So they want to give education out of course with the goal on the end of the day buy the parts yes. with me. So in the collision space is it a little different? The collision space is a little bit an untouched segment here. It's, a, it's an own island. And when ICAR got founded in the 70s in regards to have this regulated, and what happened in the 70s was that people couldn't weld. Welding was a problem. So they put cars together after an accident, and they ran into another accident, and the whole chassis collapsed, and people died. So that's the reason that I said, we need somebody who oversees and educates those guys. 
So that's the reason ICACOT founded. And um, right now with this credentialing system of gold class, we have right now around, not, not 10,000, but it's like 9,400 gold class shops. In the United States in total, we talk about 35,000 repair facilities. So a third is organized under the ICAR umbrella. We have every year over 100, close to 110,000 students, individual students train with ICAR on a regular basis. So a third of the industry says we want to go the ICAR route, we want to be educated and we want to be recognized and credentialed and want to uh, and want to work with those manufacturers. So ICAR is in the middle of workshops, manufacturers, and on the other side, we have the insurance companies. So we support the insurance companies as well. For example, in a couple of weeks, I have an insurance companies come to our new training facility and said, we have estimators running around, or appraisers running around outside, uh, in, in shops. And when there's an electric vehicle and it's completely crashed, what you do, how you approach this. You are possibly one of the first guys touching this vehicle. Yeah. And you know, those appraisers looking under the hood, they're looking left and right, and they want to see how is the damage, making pictures and stuff like this. We don't want that they're getting hurt. So they recognize that they need training, so they come to us. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's really great, mentioning the, the insurance companies, because that's, that's something I, I wanted to ask you, because insurance companies are for sure a driver for for your business because when an accident is happening it's it's nearly like the, or at least it's the second call to call your insurance companies and then insurance companies can can look up to to which service center or workshop i send my client and does the service center have the certification yeah exactly so we work with majority of the main insurers we work mostly with all manufacturers and you have insurance repair networks, yeah. vehicle maker networks, and we're supporting both avenues and both entities with, with training and support. Yeah. Then we, we have a couple of like, for, for example, Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. They have the highest welding certification training, what we do for them. So we have two facilities, one in Wisconsin and one in Atlanta, where we train Jaguar Land Rover network technicians how to weld on aluminum and steel. It's a five-day training class. It's really intense. And uh, that's my team doing as well. So things like that happen. Now another manufacturer said, hey, we have over a thousand technicians trained in electric vehicle. Can you do this for us? So we, we, we try to accommodate, support them. Um, educating right now instructors is possibly more the, the biggest challenge. We need talented instructors the whole industry has a technician shortage. Yeah. So this is in Germany the case, it's here in the United States the case. So what we're doing right now is we're starting an initiative and the whole, you know, in Germany we have the apprenticeship program. Here kids, younger people getting educated by colleges and there is a one year, two year program yeah. and they're using the ICAR curriculum. So now we overworking this curriculum to make it more attractive, to bring more fresher informations in and make more like, oh, really, that is what you can learn there and try to attract with a more better curriculum, more younger people. But, but I think that, that that's a, a really good way 
you are going there because you're doing this educational stuff anyway and then going one step further and start the education from from like from point zero with 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 someone young who's trying to learn how to how to repair a vehicle this makes a lot of sense because then you start the, uh, the education you are certified by ICA and then you are ready to go into the industry mm -hmm. yeah yeah so and we work here with the industry here in the here is more like we call them MSOs mm -hmm. it's called multiple shop operators so here you have big players I name a few Gerber, Caliper, Service King. That's that's organizations. They have over a thousand or close to thousand network shops. Yeah. So that's the big guys in the United States who are repairing them. And what we we working closely with them together. And we we need to know what kind of what the technicians has to know when it starts working tomorrow. You know, and this is always like, I'm the, the high-tech guy and, oh yeah, let's do this, ADAS calibration and take the better EV battery out and calibrate this battery and balance them and do all those crazy stuff. It's cool. But the reality is this is not right now a task what is needed in a workshop from a technician standpoint. So, yeah. so yes, we have to bring those sexy tasks, these or those sexy yeah. topics in, then that's what attracts young people. Yes, definitely. But on the other side, we have to also really focus on the main basic skills that they can perform what is needed right now to fix those cars. And you and you also mentioned when we were talking about the, the, um, the AASA technology conference before, uh, that you quite had a peak Of, of service during during the hurricane in Florida mm -hmm. late, lately. Yeah, that was interesting. So I was on the way there. I was in Texas on another conference, wanted to fly out on the next day and yeah. Hurricane Ian came in. So, okay, hurricanes are not yes. unusual here in the United yeah. States. So, okay, whatever. So a couple of uh, um, uh, yeah days later, I got contacted by several agencies in the United States. One is called the Energy Security Agency. There is the Florida Emergency Rescue Agency. There is a couple of those organizations. What I learned there is and that around 6,000 electric vehicles were are registered in the floodline area where the hurricane went through. The, the estimation is right now 3,000 of those electric vehicles were on the water. So there is, in my knowledge right now, 27 registered electric vehicle burned down. So, salt water, high voltage batteries and yes. salt water doesn't work. It's not a work. good combination. No, it's not. So, salt water, huge conductor. Yeah. So they, are, they asked me to support and ask, so what we can do, how we can take, how we can verify the vehicle is safe, how we can verify the battery is safe, we can take them out and send them to a recycling facility. Yeah. So possibly those 3,000 electric vehicles have to get recycled. And um, that's a huge deal. It's huge it's for me an honor that I got asked to support that yeah, whole yeah, process. Um, and that's so yeah. that's a great recognition for what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, what we're doing, we're supporting Everything around collisions, so recycling industry, that's that's how my avenue to this came. Then there is a couple of recycling associations that said, Jerk, we're getting more and more electric vehicles here on, on our lot. We have to train our recycling professionals on that. Yes, definitely. And and, and what role does the does the mechanic play in the whole 
sustainability, circular economy topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So because it starts there, you know, he is getting the part out and then does, is he making the decision? Is this going to waste or is, is this something which can be recycled or remanufactured? Or resold. And that's the reality. So there's two uh, recycling avenues as well. One is the scrap recyclers. Yeah. They take the battery out and they scrap the whole vehicle. Yes. And the battery and he that I want to get rid of the battery. I don't want to take deal with it. So somebody picks them up. That's one way. The other way is we take every component out of this car and we sell it. And that's a completely different avenue than how you make sure those components are safe. What's happening when on this inverter, yes. what I take out there is an insulation error on it. Did you check for insulation errors before you sold them? And I asked those guys those questions. They look at me like with big eyes at I don't know what you're talking. We take those out and sell it. Yeah. Really interesting. I had the guy, he's the president of the uh, recycling association here in a really train. We invited him to a five-day training class. And he like, oh, guys, let me make a call. Then he did not know that you have to disconnect an electric vehicle, make it safe before you can remove components. Yeah. So they went, opened all kinds of electric high voltage connectors, 400 volt and whatever systems, and started, sorry for my English, ripping that stuff apart. Yes. You know, and nobody died. There you see, and that's the Luckily, kudos. Luckily, nobody died. And that's the kudos to the manufacturers. You know, they have interlocks and all those kind of safety systems integrated in their vehicle technology, but yeah, nobody died. So, but good, but but speak, speaking of this, do you think in general, uh, and not not only in the US, but but also in Europe, do you think the workshops are prepared for this, for for this, let's call it a flood of EVs, mm -hmm. which is coming because EVs are now coming into the aftermarket. When you see like the first Teslas are now eight years old, they they are already coming into into the aftermarket workshops. So I can't speak for Germany anymore. I'm since eight years out out of this market. Here, definitely not. They don't. They have, don't have the tooling. Mm -hmm. They don't even know what tooling is needed. So there is maybe I don't know. Not even a percent of possibly technicians uh, have the knowledge and skills to perform a proper repair or a service work around electric vehicles. And that's the reason we here at Apex and SEMA. And that's. It's great to see so many people here and technicians running around. It's not only here sales or uh, industry professionals. Yeah. Those are technicians that want to learn. And when you go over to SEMA, you see orange cables everywhere and they're doing those modifications. Yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going here where you would say, Germany, what the hell is going <laughs> on there? Oh my God, how you can do this. So, But uh, that's the other side of America. And what I recognize since I'm here The, the educational level, here are people, they are so unbelievable passionate for things what they're doing and smart and have no. knowledge. It's crazy. But then you have exactly the opposite side and have a lot of uneducated people that are working as well in this industry. So in Germany with the apprenticeship program, we have an overall higher you, you have like standard. A, the same base level for everyone yeah so here you have the high flyers yeah. or the low flyers and there is not so much in the middle so yeah. i hope i hope nobody <laughs> of my american friends hear that so no they know they will hear it and oh. then they, they buy into your service <laughs>
Oh, no, uh, yeah. How did you end up with Ica? So w w what I know, you you you're, you're coming from a from a parts manufacturer. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So I work for a company. I see their logo, by the way, right now in the back of you. It's a, oh yeah, uh, it's, a, it's it's right behind us. It's right behind <laughs> you. No, it's a great company. I I appreciate my years there. I have so much friends at this company, and it's it's. I'm, I miss every day those guys. But the point was for me, I wanted to, for my career, move on. So um, I was the training manager there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was responsible for the United States and rolled out all kinds of different training programs. And it was, was fun. And then ICAR approached me over in Headhunter and said, hey, we need a guy with your knowledge for the collision space. And... Um, Yeah, we, we, we need a German guy because he sounds more reliable when talking to us. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, they made me a great offer as a director there. Yeah. And I have an awesome team. And the difference is working for an automotive supplier or a company what is only mission is to educate and train. So now I'm in my career started with Volkswagen as an instructor in Germany and then came to this Yeah, part supplier. Yeah. Also on the educational side and training side of it. So now always was the, the goal for my previous company was, of course, use training, educate technician, get warranty claims down, and the technician is higher educated and hope yeah. the technician trusts our products and buys them. So that's the, the technical model of this. So now... No, I don't have a product anymore. The product is training. Yeah. And that was really intriguing to me to go in this section where I don't have to deal with any components anymore. No, with training, get the best possible education, make that education available for technicians. And I was intrigued by that and thought, okay, that's my next career step. So now I'm since two years with ICOR. Nice. Yeah. So then, then you started right in in. In the COVID period, did you guys have to adapt your business during COVID? Because for at least, I think, on-site events mm -hmm. were quite difficult to, yeah, to yeah, conduct. Absolutely. No, I really switched and moved to this company in COVID. It was for me also a little stress factor. You're and, starting you know, a new company, thinking about training courses, and then yeah. COVID kicks in and then slows everything down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, Uh, iCar has a huge platform, so when somebody's interested, go on iCar.com. There is like thousands of different online training courses in different segments. We have, for example, when I, no, yeah, in total, when I see only the AEV and ADAS side, we have like 12 ADAS training courses online, seven EV training courses online, and then we do the rest in the live uh, segment. So we do, for example, a two-day ADAS training course for Ford. So Ford's ADA system is a dynamic calibration process. So it's not about where you put your target and click the button on a diagnostic tool. It's more like you have to drive and dynamically. So in this training course is developed like, hey, what's happening when this calibration is not working out? So we have like four Ford vehicles, buck them with faults and can click some faults in and then the guys have to find the fall and have to develop a diagnostic strategy and how to do this. So um, with Ford gave us also a couple of online training courses. So there's an educational path with 16 online trainings and then they come to the two-day class. And it's, yeah, it's intriguing. It's really cool. It comes out of our new training facility in Chicago. 
we're looking into already, can we expand this out of to multiple locations? Then, you know, it's not Germany where you drive somewhere in yeah, three yeah, hours. Yeah, sure. So here you fly three hours to, 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 to another city. So, so we have to expand that as well as the electric vehicle training into other regions and areas. No, definitely. And I, I, I think that ICA is, is, is a very nice example of something people people don't think about because what you guys are doing are actually these value-added services parts manufacturers are trying to do for their customers for workshops and now you are in this field as an independent company you know you're, you're doing it as as your own business not because you want to sell parts to the workshop right and this is quite interesting you know that that this space is open for you in general and uh, does your does do you think your business will change or you need to adapt with now the big e-commerce tech platforms stepping into the into the aftermarket no we don't we don't have to adapt anything <clears throat> in this direction so when you for example or maybe maybe new business you sell mm -hmm. your you sell your training as a white label for amazon and when uh, me with an amazon prime subscription i can do the training Oh, okay, we never thought about that. So <laughs> you have to think one one really important thing. iCar got founded by the collision industry. Yeah. So we have our boundaries. We support this industry. So right now with those new technologies, EV and ADAS, service and uh, collision has overlapping spaces. Yes. So when somebody says, hey, I'm a service person and I would like to learn, can I come to your training? Hey, you're welcome. Come in. We, we invite you. Come to this training class. Sign up on our website. We don't mind. But we working exclusively for this industry yeah. and our goal is do the best to support everybody in this part of this industry. So um, we would not realistically say hey amazon we train you or so i i think we are far away no. from things like that so we are happy in our space and we we have to yeah we have to serve those guys as best as possible yes and uh when we when you're coming to the end of of our little talk here i always ask our our guests a little bit more about the future so if we would meet again in at apex 2030 what would be the topic so from my from my point of view and what I've learned now, iCar has a very bright future ahead with all the new technologies, be it electric vehicles, be it autonomous vehicles, doesn't matter. There's a lot of stuff you need to edu educate the service centers about. So you, you, I guess you're looking quite positively into the future. Of course, yeah, no, um, absolutely. So in 2030, that's a good question. So, oh, you know, I really hope that we have then, I, I, that really people understand and know what they do in the new technology area, that they really take advantage of our training offering, that they have the right tools until then. And right now, we go. I go here from booth to booth and learn about their tooling. It's really intriguing as well. And I hope that they have those tools then in their shop available. Um, when I talk to manufacturers right now, the process is, of course, the knowledge right now when it comes to electric vehicle is at the dealership. So yeah. manufacturers educate their dealership. So now imagine you have a an, an, an vehicle in an accident. Car goes to the dealership first. The dealership disconnects the vehicle, makes the vehicle safe, put on a flatbed, bring it to the collision repair facility. 
the repair collision repair guys start taking things apart and make their collision magic and sees oh that orange cable looks bad hey dealer that orange cable looks bad oh okay okay bring the car back no. goes back on a flatbed back to the dealership dealership orders parts car stands around we 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 wasting a lot of time yes. in this process currently so my vision is in 2030 when all those evs what coming right now out i don't know i think 180 cars in the next 12, yes. 12 months or something like that so when they are all out there that this kind of work that our collision repair networks are enabled to do this they have the right tool they know what to do there's a routine in there it's like in a few years, I hope nothing different as working on an ICE engine. So that's that's my hope and my prediction, and I'm pretty sure the industry will step up and learn that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I guess it, 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 it's nice getting getting your point of view on this because I'm always I, I'm always saying to or when we I'm talking to the people like that like this electrification is not the issue. So mm -hmm. I get it. It's a different car, but it's still a car. It consists of parts. It, need, it needs maintenance. It's yep. lesser parts. It's, but it's also more expensive parts than in a combustion engine car. So, it's not disrupting the whole industry. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. like an evolutional uh, step for mm -hmm. us. No, that's a. Uh, you you brought me to another point. Right now, the collision folks, when it comes to work like ADAS. Okay, what is happening right now? You have a, a modern car comes in an accident. Maybe emergency braking kicked in, but the accident is not so invasive anymore. Then the yeah. car got the speed got the, the the impact got reduced. But now you have a radar sensor left and one. Yes. You have ultrasound sensors. You have all these electrical components up front, and that brings the repair costs up. So the accident is good for the uh, for the for yeah. the driver it's not so impactful and he will be possibly not hurt but the cost of the repair is higher so now our repair collision shops they don't even have the space of doing those calibrations so what happens right now it's they're subletting this business to an outside vendor and that's the the tricky part right now, how long a collision repair shop can say, okay, 60, 70% of my business I sublet out and I paint, for example, um, make the paint job and put a new bumper on it. Yep. So that's the reason they have to learn this. They have to create a space to make the right business decision for them. Then the, the market, the business model in those shops has to change. When not, they will not survive. And that's for 2030. That's what I want to see that business model changed more space is there they know how to do it and they do it in-house and not giving it away definitely so a bright future ahead of ICA Dirk thank you a lot for taking the time this morning I guess it's a quite interesting talk for, for our audience for our community thank you very much thank you Great episode today with a lot of insights on how the whole repair industry in the US works and also compares to Europe. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. What really sticks out to me is that workshops need to make a decision now and invest in new EV and ADAS technology and maintenance in the future to make sure that the real business does not bypass them. 
If you want to learn more about Dirk and Ica, you'll find all the relevant links in the show notes. While you're at it, make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a positive review in your podcast app. So long, take care and bye-bye.